everybody. Welcome back to our podcast. This is Murder with My Husband. I'm Peyton Moreland. And I'm Garrett Moreland. And he's the husband. I'm the husband. I don't know why we do that every time. <laughs> I don't know, but we can't stop now. Nope. Okay, so I just want to clear something up from our last episode. I embarrassingly said in a English accent for our listener from England uh-huh. that... Um, thank you for listening to our podcast is what I meant to say, but I said, thank you for watching our <laughs> podcast and I'm just going to blame it on the fact that I watch YouTube and they always say that. So that's why I think I did it. But our listener from England actually listened to the episode. And so now I'm very embarrassed about it. So I just had to clear it up. <laughs> oh yeah. She's been, she's been pretty embarrassed about it all day. So oh <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> that's funny, but we also have noticed that some people have been following our Instagram account. So yeah. thank you very much. We've gotten a lot of followers. Okay, not a lot, but more than <laughs> I expected mm-hmm. on our Instagram. Well, our social media accounts all over, actually. And so I just want to say thank you so much for following. If you are listening right now and you don't follow, go follow us. We're on all of the social media at Murder With My Husband, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. All things good. Um, I also actually post on our social media accounts, um, images and anything that we talk about that you can't physically see, but we're talking about it. Yeah. And again, if you have any suggestions or criticism or comments or whatever, just feel free to shoot us an email or go to our social media accounts and reach out. Thank you for listening. It's been, we've had fun with this. Huh? Yeah. It's been so fun. It and I, fun. we've had so many people reach out and you know, tell us that they love it and that they're listening. So if you have reached out, um, thank you so much. I'm really, really so happy that you're listening. It means so much to me. So yeah. Awesome. Okay. So I grew up in a city called Idaho Falls. It's in Idaho. And I have always said that it's too small to be a big city and it's too big to be a small town. Mm -hmm. Anybody who's anyone knows everyone. And yes, we do get two weeks off of school for potato harvesting. (laughs) About 45 minutes or 30 minutes if Garrett is driving away from my city is another city called Pocatello. It's, in my opinion, even more of a small town than Idaho Falls, Mm -hmm. but Miley Cyrus did say she wanted to move there, so maybe I'm just a little bit bitter. (laughs) In Pocatello, there is a high school right in the heart of the very, very old downtown area. Like, no joke, I don't even know where the kids park that go to this high school because it's like legit old downtown, two to three story tall buildings that are now just like old boutiques and cafes that go in and out of business like every month Mm -hmm. so this high school is called pocatello high school and has the reputation of being haunted oh okay it has actually had its very own episode on the tv show ghost hunters really and has extremely bizarre footage of black shadows moving through the hallways and lights flickering on and off while they're moving Like, even enough that it's set off the alarms a couple times and the police have had to come to the school just to go back on the security cameras and see that it's black shadows moving around. Can you tell it's black shadows or? Yeah. Like, I watched the footage and. You can totally tell. Yeah. And the lights are legit just flickering on and off. That's freaky. It's kind of creepy. So, anyways, I've been to this high school a couple times for some, like, local dance showcases that were with other studios and whatnot. It is very, very old and very outdated, but I've never seen a ghost there. Hmm. 
Besides the spooky spirits that lurk the halls of Pocatello High School, there are many, many hometown stories and rumors of unexplainable deaths that have happened within the walls of the high school. From suicide to homicide to an accident, apparently these halls have seen it all. When I've tried to confirm these stories in local records and stuff, I've come up empty. There's nothing on the internet or legal records regarding the deaths that have happened in Pocatello High School. But there's definitely been some late night around the bonfire high school stories in my city as well as Pocatello, I'm sure. So whether there is proof of ghosts haunting Pocatello High School, maybe even enough to cause death, I don't know. But what I do know is that no matter the existence or persuasion of bad spirits, evil has definitely come from the halls of Pocatello High School. This is the murder of Cassie Jo Stoddart, who was killed by her classmates, Brian Draper and Tori Adamic. Oh, okay, so this is the murder story. I couldn't tell at first if it was like just an introduction to some short story you were doing. So, mm-hmm. okay, I'm excited. It was on September 22nd, 2006. Oh, yeah, and did I mention they all attend Pocatello High School? <laughs> Okay, so Cassie Jo Stoddart was a 16-year-old junior at Pocatello High School. She was a straight-A student and had big ambitions. She was extremely artistic with a love for music and drawing. She was so beautiful. She had long brown hair, and she had a boyfriend, Matt Beckham, and they had been dating for five months. Brian Draper and Toria Domchik were also juniors at Pocatello High School. They shared a bond for horror movies and even started filming their own movies. They could be seen walking around Pocatello High School with their Sony camcorder in their hand at all times. <laughs> it's like uh, old day vlogging. Uh-huh. Like, that's awesome. They were both grossly obsessed with serial killers, but not in a way that most people listening right now would be. They idolized them and looked up to people such as Ted Bundy, the Hillside Strangler, the Zodiac Killer, and even Ed Gein. And I know you might not know the details of a lot of those people I, I just mentioned. I know one person, Ted Bundy. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ed Gein is like a really gross serial killer. I'll just uh, leave it at that. Okay. Now the part you probably weren't expecting of this story. Cassie and Brian and Tori are all friends. They hang out in school and outside of it. Brian and Tori even said hours before killing Cassie, sad as it may be, She's our friend, but you know what? We all have to make sacrifices. Whoa. In 2006, the year of the murder, the Scream movie franchise was popular. I've never seen the movies, have you? No, I haven't either. But I do remember them being like mm-hmm. popular, and I was only 10. Well, I think back to even now the Halloween costumes, people still, still wear, wear the Scream mask. masks. Exactly, yeah. yep. The Columbine shooting had also happened in 1999, and both of these sadistic situations became the ultimate motivation for Cassie's death. Mm. After discovering their similar acceptance of murder and death, Brian and Tori started openly discussing it together regularly. So I think that once they found out, hey, we really like this and we have it in common, and then the more comfortable with each other they got, the more it was like, Hey, I actually really like murder. Hey, I actually really like murder too. Hey, I could actually maybe see myself killing someone. Hey, me too. Oh and they just gosh. brought it out in each other. I don't know how you go that far. They even started to document themselves on video discussing murder, like openly. Mm. 
They talked as if they were creating a horror movie of their own. So they made it seem like, oh, in our movie, we're going to have like a girl and a guy and then like all these horrible yeah. situations, basically making a horror movie, right? Yep. Um, this is actually the damning and jarring part of this story. Brian and Tori documented their whole process and aftermath of the murder of Cassie. So it's on footage. Wow. It's on film. And they didn't seem to care that. That it could be found. Yep. Um, the police haven't released all of the footage, mm. but they have released like bits of it. And they also have released the full transcripts from all of the footage and it can be found online. This, similar to the Skylar niece murder we did in episode four, yeah, is the most like astonishing and heartbreaking part of this story because it just makes it so real. I feel like any type of murder that's either caught on camera like this or mm-hmm. the other one, the other one with the whole Twitter social media, yeah. they seem not that these other murders aren't real, but they seem so more. They intense just hit you harder. Real. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. because it's the difference between a story. And something you can like actually see that's real life. Yep. So you can actually YouTube the footage that has been released of Brian and Tori talking about their plan the night of the murder before they go to Cassie's house to kill her. And then immediately after they get back in the car, they also start filming after they just killed her. So you can go back and watch them during those times. That's the footage that has been released. It's not long before Brian and Tori decide that they were going to be the next Columbine shooters. They were going to get famous off of murder. That was their goal. That's horrible. They wanted to massacre the students at their school, but not in school like the Columbine shooters did outside of it. Pointing back to the Scream movies, they wanted to murder their fellow classmates while they were home alone. So they kind of took... We're going to get famous like the Columbine shooters did, like these two boys who are obsessed with murder and like just that whole Uh, darkness uh and then took the Scream movie, apparently in the Scream movie, I don't, okay, I don't, I've never seen the movies, but apparently like- They're home alone. The victim's home alone and then they kill them in their house by themselves or something. Yep. So it's discovered later that Brian and Tori had actually attempted to murder other classmates before Cassie but had felt. They had gone to students' houses- like hearing through the grapevine that they were supposed to be home alone, but when they got there, the parents would be there or other people would be there and they couldn't go through with it. So did they try or did did they just leave the house? They just left the house. Got it. They didn't release the names because they had filmed this and talked about it, so I'm sure that they had Mm -hmm. written down, because they wrote manuscripts just like the Columbine High School shooters did. Yep. Um, and so I'm sure they had written down who they had tried to kill before. I don't know if the police ever released it because that's like. That's heavy. That's heavy. It's not until they discover that Cassie Joe was supposed to be house sitting for her aunt and uncle the night of September 22nd, 2006, that they think for the first time their plan might actually work. The day before the murder. So September 21st. Brian and Tori make a video of themselves talking about tomorrow's slaughter. They talk about how you should be allowed to kill people and that taking the right away from people just makes us want to do it more. And they discuss their excitement over the fact that the circumstances could not be more perfect with Cassie House sitting alone. This sounds exactly like the purge, like the way they're explaining things. 
is kind of how the purge uh-huh. started, right? Everyone's like, we should be able to kill, kill someone, someone once a year. We have to get this anger off her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Tori actually says, so I watched all of the footage. Okay. Um, I was going to play it, but I just think it's, yeah. if I you're not know. into that stuff, it's really heavy. Yeah. So Tori just says in the video, when they're talking about the murder, he says, I'm horny just thinking about it. Oh my gosh. They talk about how they're going to kill her and they compare themselves to different serial killers. They argue in the video about whether God and Satan are real or not. One of them believes they are. One of them believes they aren't. And then they close out the video with the line, murder is power. Murder is freedom. Goodbye. Oh, it's so dark. And just heavy because they're just making these videos of like themselves talking documentary style. Just like. They, knowing they're tomorrow they're going to kill her. Were they in love? Are they in love? No. But okay, no, not that I know of or okay. that they've ever said. But in like the transcripts, yeah. In a part of one of the videos that like wasn't released, he calls the other guy baby twice. He oh. says like something like, Oh yeah, sounds mm. good, baby. And I don't know if they 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 are weird. Uh-huh. Okay, I don't want to use the word weird because everyone's weird. But like Columbine shooter footage weird. Like just kind of obsessed with themselves, think they're gods. I mean, I think anytime you want to kill someone, you're not technically quote unquote. And they're not killing, like, they're, like they said, she's our friend. Yeah. The only reason we're killing her is because the circumstances have lined up. She's the perfect and like we have to kill. It's, it's our destiny. It's in our blood. Yeah. So that's why. It's exactly what... All everything you're saying is what they say in the purge. This is really, yeah. I don't know if you've. I don't think I've seen. I don't know if you're talking about the TV show or the movie. Well, there's a there's three movies. There might be four. I'm I'm not. I can't remember. But I know that the whole purge is like there's people that have to kill, and so to help them and to help the government, we're gonna give one day of crime. Because the TV show is. I watched the TV show. I think I've only seen one actual purge movie, but the TV show. Just because it's a little more, I guess, reserved. Yeah. Because it was on TV, right? Yeah. But everything you're saying is exactly what really would happen in the purge. Whether it's their friend, they didn't care. It was we need to kill as humans. It's kind of it's like our right. It's pretty dark. Yeah. So they end that video, right? And that's the whole footage we have from the day before. The next day at school, so the day of the murder. Brian walks up to Cassie, who is standing at her locker, and you can see this footage. He's filming her with his camera, and he says, hey, look, it's Cassie. And she, like, says hello. And then he says, I'm getting you on tape. Say hi. And she just, like, looks and says hi. And then, like, she's almost not kind of giving him the time of day. Like, oh, you're just filming me again Mm -hmm. with your camera? Not knowing that he's filming this because he knows he's going to kill her. Mm -hmm. So Brian and Tori go on later that day to skip their fourth hour class and make another video. they In the video, they are writing their plan on paper, like in their manifest or whatever, for the night, as well as making their death list. So they start writing down the classmates that they are going to kill after they kill Cassie. This is exactly what the Columbine, like mm-hmm. they are following in their footsteps. I think they, they idolized them. So they're basically just doing everything those boys did. Mm-hmm. They talk about how they hope that this killing is will go smoothly so that they can go on and complete their death list. And then they apologize in the video to Cassie and her family, but explain that they have to stick with the plan because she's 
perfect for their killing spree, and so she's going to die. Oh, this is horrible. It's just crazy to me that they know what they know that they're about to hurt people, that what they're doing yeah, is wrong, it, it, and they apologize. They say, hey, we just want to say sorry to Cassie and her family, but like it's perfect, so we have to do it. Yeah. Again, it's just hard for me to comprehend. Um, Cassie's mom drops her off after school to begin house-sitting for the aunt and uncle at 5.30. It's an older house, but Cassie has been there a lot of times, and she's comfortable. Um, She's also excited to earn some money because they were going to pay her for house-sitting and just kind of to demonstrate, like, she's 16, you know, she's a teenager, but her mom was finally letting her, you know, house-sit for two nights by herself. So she was, like, kind of excited to, like, take on this responsibility type thing. Oh, man, it's so sad. She's just trying to enjoy herself and make some money. As any teenage girl would with an empty house to herself, she invites her boyfriend, Matt, to come over and watch a movie with her, like, for the night. Brian and Tori actually end up coming over to the house to watch the movie with them. And Matt's there, the boyfriend. And Matt's there. So they go. So Cassie's there with her boyfriend. And Matt and Tori, I think they, like, called them or whatever and said, hey, we're watching a movie. Oh, I think it was Matt. Matt called them and said, hey, we're watching a movie. You guys want to come over? And so they were like... Well, okay, yeah, sure. Like, this is perfect. We'll come over. So they go over and they start watching the movie. But then they decide, Brian and Tori decide that they're going to leave pretty quickly. And they claim to Matt and Cassie that they'd rather just watch a movie at the local movie theater instead. So they get up and they leave. Cassie was unaware, but before the boys leave the house, they unlock the back door. So they could re-enter the house later that night without Cassie knowing. Wow. So it actually worked out in their favor that they got invited over because then they were able to unlock the door. Yeah, I wonder how much this would have changed if they couldn't unlock that door. I know. So instead of going to the movie theater, obviously, Brian and Tori get back into their car after leaving Cassie's aunt and uncle's house and they make another tape. I'm going to read this tape, this tape's transcripts to you. Okay. Brian says in the video, we're here in his car. The time is 9.50, September 22nd, 2006. Um, unfortunately, we have the grueling task of killing our two friends, and they are right in that house just down the street. Tori says, we just talked to them. We were there for about an hour. Brian says, we checked out the whole house. We know there's lots of doors. There's lots of places to hide, but I unlocked the back doors. It's all unlocked. It's all unlocked. Now we just got to wait and, um, yep, we're really nervous right now, but, you know, we're ready. Ugh, that gives me the chills. Tori says, we're listening to the greatest rock band ever right now. Brian says, we waited for this for a long time. Tori says, Pink Floyd, before we commit the ultimate crime of murder. Brian says, We've waited for this for a long time, again. Tori says, a long time. Brian says, well, stay tuned. And they end the, the video. This feels like a horror movie. Well, and, and I, I mean, like, they were obsessed with horror movies. They uh-huh. were writing a horror movie. So like, that's what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. So now back at the house, it's getting time for Matt to leave for the night when the power suddenly goes off and then turns back on. This scares Cassie, and so she asks Matt if he can stay the night. Matt calls his mom. His mom obviously says no. They're in high school. And so Matt calls Brian and Tori to tell him he's leaving. And I don't know why. Like, I I, I Mm. 
like going through all the sources, no one could say why he called them back to tell him, tell them that he was leaving. Did he say at the, I guess we'll wait to see if he, does he, did he say when the police did the whole investigation? Why? No. And if he did, they didn't say. And I think because. Maybe because they're just best friends. I don't know. That seems strange. Or maybe he was like, she's scared. Maybe do you guys want to come? I don't know. Do you guys want to come back over and hang out with her or something? I don't know. Cause they were all friends. Like they were hanging out before this, you know? Yeah. So I don't know the reason. I also think we don't want to put the blame on Matt. No. So him calling them, you know, kind of, you know, so maybe that's why there's no reason as to why they called. Just one of those things that he did it and it's, it just happened. So whatever reason, this phone call gives Brian and Tori the green light. Like, oh, she's actually home alone. They thought they were going to have to kill them both. Mm -hmm. But now that she's actually, he's leaving and she's actually home alone. They're like, okay, we have the green light. The creepy part is though, the boys had actually already snuck back into the house at the time of the phone call. They were down in the basement and they were the ones that had opened the circuit breaker and flipped the lights on and off. Oh my gosh. So they took that phone call in the basement of the house. That's crazy. Crazy. So Matt leaves and Brian and Tori turn the breakers back off and on from the basement. Um, They've changed at this point into like a costume. They have masks. Like one of them has a white mask with like red slash marks all over it. And they have like black clothes with like that are grungy kind of looking. Mm -hmm. And they start like banging like they are dropping things down in the basement to try to scare Cassie. Yeah. Like the, it's a horror movie to them. It's the movie Scream. It's weird because I think in my mind, I would have left my house. I know. Well, it's it's her aunt and uncle's house and she's yeah. like, I, you know, like I have a duty, you know. Uh-huh. Um, so sh- they turn the, the lights back off and they hope that because they turn them off, Cassie will come down to the basement to try to find the circuit breaker. I guess in the Scream movie, that's what happens. Like they turn the lights off oh, and then okay. she comes down to the basement. But she never comes. I'm assuming she's freaking yeah, out. Yeah, locked herself in a room or something. Um, so they just decide, okay, we're just going to have to go upstairs and find her. At the top of the stairs, they start making noise. They're slamming doors. Like they're trying to scare the crap out of her. Like they they think this is hilarious. That's so It's so weird. I know. So they enter the living room. They find Cassie on the couch. She jumps up and she asks who they are because she can't tell because they have masks on. Uh-huh. Um, and they don't answer her. And she tells them, if, like, if you try to hurt me, I will fight back. Wow. Um, Tori then leans forward and stabs her first in the throat. Oh. And Cassie immediately falls to the ground like it's her throat. Yeah. Um, he turns around and looks at Brian and says, we have to finish killing her. Like, I think they, like, because they had tried so many times and it hadn't worked, I don't know, almost like a thrill kill again. Mm-hmm. Like, once he finally stabbed her, it, like, hit him like, oh, crap, like, we've come this far. Yeah. So he turns around and says we have to finish killing her. They both brutally start to stab her while she fights for her life, and they end up stabbing her, like, 29 to 30 times. Oh, again, with the stabbing is such an and it's aggressive... So aggressive. I know. So Brian and Tori leave the house. They just leave her there in the living room. They leave the house. They get back into their car. The first thing they do is pull out their camera and film their reactions to the aftermath. 
and you can watch it on YouTube. I don't think I could watch it. I don't know. So I'm just going to read you some of the things they say. Okay. So Brian says, I just, and they're panicked. Like you can hear in their voice, they're shaky. Brian says, I just killed Cassie. We just left her house. This is not an effing joke. Obviously they didn't say effing. Tori says, I'm shaking. Brian says, I stabbed her in the throat and I saw her lifeless body. It just disappeared. Dude, I just killed Cassie. Which I think is weird that he's not, we just killed Cassie. Yeah, almost like they're trying to take possession of who uh-huh. killed Cassie. Yeah. Tori says, oh my gosh. Uh, back to Brian. He says, oh, oh, F word. That felt like it wasn't even real. I mean, it went by so fast. And Tori says, shut the F up. We got to get our act straight. And then Brian says, okay, okay. Um, we just need to go to the movie theater and buy tickets now. Like setting up an alibi. Uh-huh. Tori says, okay. Brian says something. You can't hear what it is. And then Tori says, no. And then Brian says, okay, bye. And they end the footage. Wow. And they're like, it's like. Well, yeah, they just. The, their hand are shaking. The camera is shaking. They have so much adrenaline pumping through their bodies. They're breathless. Yeah. Yep. So they drive back to Tori's house. I can't tell. I didn't know if they actually went and bought movie tickets or not. Some of the sources said they did. And some said they just went back to the house. Okay. So I'm, I don't know. They drive back to Tori's house. They go into his garage. They get like a blue plastic sack. They put the costumes the things they were wearing, and the knives they used into the sack. They grab some rubbing alcohol, and they throw everything back into the car. They go to a store and get some matches and then drive up a local canyon in Pocatello. And I've never been to the canyon that they drove up. Would you go up it? Um, No. Would it freak you out? I'm not the type of... It'd freak me out. I'm not the type of, like... Yeah. crime obsessed person i would never go into a house that had a murder in it mm-hmm. i would never like there you, are people that really like that stuff though and i'm not i i just personally can't handle that energy you just like the more information type mm-hmm. of i'm actually more here for the psychology like i think the thing i love the most about this stuff is just the psychology behind it like what were they thinking mm-hmm. their thoughts okay yeah it's not really about like the got it yeah that's why i like going to see like a crime scene or something just wouldn't it would just make me feel icky. Yeah. So they go to the canyon, they walk up a trail, and then they burn the bag that had the costumes and the knives, and then they bury the remains. They don't like they they don't burn everything though. They also I I'm pretty sure that they put like the tapes from like their cassette thing yeah. in the ground with it. Okay. They drive back to Tori's house and they watch a movie. I just think it's so weird in these murders that people just like murder someone and then just like. It ha- I mean, they're all, it's all the same. Every single murder, they do the same thing. They kill someone and then they act like, Whatever. wait, what? I-, I mean, but I do kind of wonder if they like went back, put a movie on and then just talked about it because they were like obsessed with oh, this Oh yeah, stuff. I'm sure. So I'm wondering if they told the police, oh, we just went and put a movie on. And so that's what's getting relayed to us. Yeah. Whereas they might have just put a movie on and then talked about what they did. Or the opposite. Maybe they just sat there quiet. Because they were like, whoa. It was heavy. Yeah. Yeah. So Cassie's aunt and uncle return home two days later on September 24th, 2006. And her 13-year-old cousin finds the body in the living room. Oh, man. So the family calls 911, calls Cassie's mom, um, and it's like 1.55 p.m. 
So did Cassie's mom not check in with Cassie so at all? So I don't or? know. Like I'm assuming not. Maybe she just figured she was there for two days. So yeah, like I don't know. I That's don't know. It's hard because I feel like if my parent, if I was house sitting at what sixteen years old, mm-hmm. and I didn't call my parents for yeah. a day, a day and a half, they'd be like, "Where is?" Yeah, I do too. But I also feel like, you know, it's not the mom's fault that this happened. No, not at all. I'm just curious. You're just curious if yeah. maybe she had tried or something. Yeah. yeah they never, they said never like said that? anything. Okay. Her boyfriend, Matt, is the first person of interest because he was the last one that everyone knows about that saw her live. And that just sucks. Poor Matt. Yeah. So he had actually spent the next night at Tori's house. He had a sleepover at Tori's house the next night. After Tori had just killed his girlfriend. And they were going to kill Matt too. And they were going to kill Matt until Matt left. Yeah. Um, And and Matt like expresses worry for Cassie because she hadn't been answering any of his calls. So we do know that Matt had tried to call her. Okay. Um, But Tori is like, I don't want to drive. Apparently Matt like didn't have a car and Tori was like, I don't want to drive all the way out to her because I guess the aunt and uncle's house was kind of like up on a hill and Mm. a farther drive. And he's like, I don't want to go with you to check on her. She's fine. So Tori is just flat out lying. Like yeah. he knows he killed her and he's just flat out lying to him. Wow. But when Matt's like getting interrogated, you know, the cops kind of did suspect him at first. Um, but he ends up leading the cops to Brian and Tori, which is good because he's like, no, they were there that night, you know. Mm-hmm. And so then they're like, oh, well, let's go talk to them because they were there with her that night. So the police interview Tori first and he states that he did go over to the house, but him and Brian left to go watch a movie at the theaters after. The police ask him which movie he watched, and he says, and then they ask him, okay, can you just give us details about the movie? And he, like, completely chokes up. And he's like, oh. what do you mean? And they're like, 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 who played in it? What was it about? What happened? And he has no answer because it's a new movie, and he didn't go watch it. They didn't think. It's funny how that didn't cross his mind. I know. Or their minds before. I know. So, um... They just move on from the question, and he says after the movie, they drove back to his house and spent the rest of the night there, him and Brian. So the next day, the cops interview Brian, and he gives basically the same story. You know, we went to her house, and then we went to the movie theater, but then they ask him, what movie did you see, and what was it about? And he, too, can't give any details. Oh, okay. So they interview peers from the Pocatello High School. And the peers tell the police that Tori and Brian were obsessed with horror films and that they were making their own films all the time. And that Tori also had a set of knives in his room that he would talk about all the time. And then they also said that the pair would brag about how they could kill someone and get away with it, explaining that they would just do things like they've seen on the movies. And people also say that Tori had a secret crush on Cassie. And Matt also told the police that. That Tori, he felt like, kind of had a crush on his girlfriend, Cassie. Interesting. Okay. Um, sorry. So who, was it Tori or Brian that stabbed first? Oh, I think it was Tori. You said it. I just, I can't remember. Hold on. I think you might have said Brian lunged first. Tori. So Tori. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So Brian and Tori get arrested. On September 27th, 2006, five days after the murder. Oh, that's a fast They didn't one. plan this very far, and also <laughs> it wasn't as successful as they wanted it to be because they wanted to keep killing, and five days after the murder, they got arrested. They're charged with first-degree murder. The two teams immediately turn on each other and blame each other, saying that 
They didn't know that the other one was going to kill her. They thought they were just prank, like playing a prank. They were supposed to just be scaring her. And then all of a sudden the one killed her and the other one watched. They both say that. It's kind of crazy how fast the human body or mind will turn as soon as you realize you're mm-hmm. in trouble. It's instant like, oh. Yeah. So Brian actually ends up leading the police to the place in the canyon where they disposed all the evidence. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So when police get there, they find all the evidence and they also discover the videos and they clearly see that the planning and the confession were from both of the boys immediately after the murder and they have all the proof they need to know that they both knew what they were doing when they killed Cassie and that it was it was planned out in advance and they had tried to murder other people like they, well, they were in trouble. They had the tapes, right? Yeah. They found mm-hmm. all the tapes. So there was such an easy case. Yeah. Yeah. Open and shut. Yep. During the separate trials in 2007, the pair were found guilty and received life in prison without the possibility of parole. They're 16. Okay. They're both still serving to this day at Idaho State Correctional Institution. They have both appealed but have been denied. How old are they? Now? No. Mm-hmm. Um, Not that much older. 30? That was in 2007. Yeah. Oh. So, so it's pretty recent. Yeah. Wow. Once again, I am not good at math. <laughs> Cassie's family tried to sue the school, Pocatello High School, for not seeing that the boys were a threat as they were making videos and talking about killing people at school. They lost the civil suit. Yeah. Brian has since taken responsibility for what he's done and shows remorse. There's like an interview of him like very recently. And he's like, you know, I, I knew what I was doing. I'm really sorry for Cassie and her family. Like, I don't know where my head was. It's hard for me to wrap my mind around, well, are you really sorry? Or do you just want to get out of jail? I know, because especially in the interview, he talks about how getting out means that you have to take responsibility for what you've done. And in the tapes, he kept saying, oh, I I killed her. I killed her. So Tori, on the other hand, still doesn't take responsibility for his actions, claiming that he was innocent because he was 16 years old. And that, you know, he made some mistakes, but he was 16 and shouldn't be held responsible. And the worst part is Tori's mom and dad have written a book since then, profiting off the murder of Cassie, talking about how their son is sitting innocent in prison. Oh, man. I There should be some legal law or rule behind the fact that you cannot profit off of a crime that, a crime that was you committed. committed or yeah. one of your loved It'd ones be different. It'd be different if Cassie's family, mm-hmm. I think, wrote a book or something. And yeah, and like even if it was like a... Like, you know, there's been serial killers or murderers whose yeah. kids have written books who, like, didn't know that their father or dad, yep. you know, whatever. Like, that's a different thing. Yeah. Um, But it's like, it's there first... was an interview, and it, yeah. it was of Tori and his parents, and they were, like, doing an interview of, it was very recently, like, he was a lot older in prison. And the parents are just, like, he's talking, and he's like, you know, I was 16, and I made some mistakes, you know, but I just, I don't, and... And then his dad goes, it would probably just be a lot easier to be sitting in prison if you weren't innocent. And then and then Tori's like, yeah, I guess. And he's like, like, if you didn't actually do it, you know, like, it would be... Like, they literally believe him that Brian killed... That's crazy. Yeah, even the, though they saw... The tapes. Like, yeah. how do you believe that after all those tapes? I mean, it's that parent, you can't, you can't look past it. We see it all the time. That's crazy. So... In 2016, 
The U.S. Supreme Court ruled it unconstitutional for a minor to receive a sentence of life without the possibility of parole, no matter what crime they committed, which I'm like, okay, yeah, that's fine. But who, what minor is getting sentenced to life without parole that wasn't a murder? Because in the, in the thing, they clarify, even if murder. I'm like, okay, please introduce me to the person under 18 who is sitting in life in prison for something that wasn't murder. Yeah. Because I, I need to talk. I'd actually be curious, like, if there is Me one. too. Because why would they have to clarify even if it's murder? Because life. Life without parole. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, life without possibility of parole. Yeah, there's a difference between a life charge mm-hmm. and a life without parole. So there's a big difference. Yeah. So, um, obviously, this is, this applies to the boys. They were mm-hmm. 16. So, Tori has since tried to appeal based on this new ruling, but he's been denied three times. Good. Since the murder, <laughs> the aunt and uncle have never returned to live in the house. They wow. got home from their vacation, found her. The state supplied them with temporary housing during the investigation, waiting for it to finish. But even after it was all cleaned up and everything, they never like went back to live in the house. They immediately put the house up for sale back in 2006, and it just barely sold in 2015. It sat on the market wow. for that long. They were only asking for what they owed on the house. Wow. It was like super cheap. Because also it's a small town, right? Everybody, Everybody in town knows. knows that is the house. Yeah. That's horrible. Um, and it's actually got bought in 2015, but it's up for sale again now. Mm. So the saddest part was that there has been some really big family tragedy in Cassie's aunt and uncle, her mm. whole family due to the murder I'm, I'm this the sweet 13 year old who found it has struggled i can the imagine struggled yeah so ugh, it just hurts that like something so dark could happen and then that darkness just like keeps spreading it affects so many other it's people. really like the show um i was watching it's called oh my gosh it's on hbo i don't know but anyways it's about it's like about this evil spirit that like hacks into people and makes people kill other people. Oh, I and remember the you watching it. feeds off of the fact that once that person kills someone, the whole family self-destructs. Yeah, I remember you and watching And they like that. feed, and that's what feeds the evil spirit is. It's not necessarily just the murder itself. It's the fact that it tears apart everybody the that's involved. that comes along with it. Mm-hmm. And that just like is so true. Yeah. And it, it is so sad. Yeah. Are Brian's... And Tori's parents still living in Pocatello? Do you know? Oh, I don't know, but I would assume so. I mean, most people don't leave. Man, that's hard. That's that's yeah, hard. <laughs> it's hard. So, in conclusion, I don't know if there's ghosts or evil spirits at Pocatello <laughs> High School, but I definitely do know that evil has come out of the halls of Pocatello High School because what Brian and Tori did was just flat out bad. Yeah. And that's the murder of Cassie Joe Stoddart. Wow. The Scream Murder. That's what it's nicknamed. Okay. Yeah, yep. that's a that's a heavy one. That's a deep one. I know. It was was I can't remember. Last week it wasn't the Twitter one Mm-mm. with the three girls. That was the week before that. Yep. So what what was last week's again? It was, it was a the short one. Short one. Oh man, I'm It was the wood chipper murder. That's right, the wood chipper murder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dang. Some crazy murders. I know. Some sad stuff. I know. This one isn't as well known either. Obviously, it's well known to me because I 
live near it, but it's not as well known to everyone. I think during these, I've started to kind of look forward to if they get caught, when they get caught, how long they're going to jail. The justice of it. The justice, not the whole murder part. Yeah. That's just I think that's a normal reaction. Maybe I don't. Not that I don't enjoy it, but, you know, just different of a... That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because I wouldn't... I. The whole justice part kind of interests me more. Yeah, I mean, I obviously want to see justice. Mm-hmm. It hurts me when there's no justice, um, especially for, like, the families and stuff. But I definitely am just more interested in the actual event itself and the psychology behind it. So are you more interested in the murder or the psychology behind the psychology. why? Like, why? why would they do that? I'm more, I'm more interested in Brian and Tori and what led them to kill than the actual, I don't really need to know the details of what happened during the killing. So it's total psycholo- mm-hmm. psychological. Mm-hmm. Like the killing, I I don't want to have to sit here and tell you, oh, they did this. And yeah. This. You know what I'm saying? Like, but yeah, because that kind of gets to me. It, it gets to you. Yeah. And it's not the, like for me, it's just, I just want to know why people do what they do. Because I, I truly, I, I don't get it. And I don't think you don't get it. And I think most people don't get it. And so it's like an unknown source of stuff that i just it's the human mind that people mm-hmm. just want to learn oh, about it's so strange and it's so strong uh what i'm curious what are some of our listeners think of this one as far as oh, what are they why, more interested what are they in? more yeah because people are interested i mean i know people who love to hear like yeah. 911 phone calls and sometimes those get too much for me i know people who like you know love to hear watch the tapes which i was super interested in the tapes because I'm interested in the psychology of it. And so I wanted to hear what they were talking about. And like I yeah. said, you can look those tapes up on YouTube. Just look up Cassie Joe Stoddard, YouTube it, and the, those tapes will pop up. You can see them. You can see what the boys look like. Also, if you just want to see a picture of them, follow us on our social medias because I'll post a picture of Cassie. I'll post a picture of the house. I'll post a picture of anything that had to do with the case. Yeah. And so you can easily find the information there too. Yeah, because I really am curious what some of our listeners like. Do they like the psychology, the mm-hmm. justice? The murder itself. Yeah. I don't know. There's so many different. There is. There's so different many different parts that like it. intrigue people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, <laughs> you guys, the having to end these podcasts is the hardest part of podcasting. We always make like a million cuts, cuts at the end. Because it's so hard to end these things. I don't know why. I've even, my mom and dad both podcast and they both have said the same thing. That And my mom, they've been podcasting for a while and they both say, oh no, the end is just the most awkward, hardest part. Because we're just stopping a conversation yeah, and going, we're like, all right, everyone. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, well. Follow us on our social medias. Yep. Um, I know we already mentioned it. What else? Thank you so much for listening. We love you guys. Yeah. We're going to keep doing this. We're going to keep, we've been doing quite a bit of episodes. Well, because we're bored. Well, because we're, yeah, we're in quarantine, so there's yeah. not, I don't know, <laughs> I guess an insane amount to do. Yeah. So we're going to keep trying to pump out as many of these as we can. I assume at some point when things start to get back to quote unquote normal, normal. we'll, we'll just probably do it. We'll twice a week. Yeah, twice a week. Unless you want more, but. Then you can pay us, baby. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, but, well. Yeah. I love it. And I hate it. Goodbye.
Okay, I just wanted to shout out where I got all my information from from this for this murder. www.85grave.com. Your worst nightmare came out with an episode called When the Lights Go Out. Thecriminaljournal.com, Ranker.com, Parkaman.com, and of course Wikipedia.